All right, welcome back, everybody, to Can We Kick It Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Corio, along with my good friend, Chuck German. Hey, hey. What's going on, Chuck? How's it going? Not much, man. How you been? Hanging in there. Just another day of work. Just taking the life out of you. What about you? Yeah, I saw you around the office. You look like you were having a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun right there, trying to get out at 4 o'clock, just going into 5. So Yeah. If look- I do one more meeting this week, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I showed you my calendar today, so I don't know how I stay sane I am throughout the day. Envious. Yeah. But what you been up to? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, not a whole lot this weekend. Uh, you know, watch a little TV other than catching up on Ozark. Um, watch some soccer. I watched a little Tottenham Man City, and uh, it was good to see Tottenham took over Man City. Like right at the end of the game, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I may have had something invested in that one. Do you remember last week? Yeah, you had a little money on the line, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So just to catch everybody up on Chuck's soccer corner, that. Most of y'all don't really care about. But last week's pod, I said I told about three bets that I made when I was in Louisiana. Well, I hit on two of them. Newcastle and West Ham tied one to one. Hit that. That paid eighty bucks on a fifteen dollar bet. That was a good pick. I lost on Brentford over Arsenal. Arsenal won two to one. But uh, the big one was Tottenham beating Man City. Three to two, which paid one eighty five. So overall, up about I think it was two fifty from nice. my initial bet. And the Tottenham game was unreal because they were winning two to one in the ninetieth minute. Yeah. And then Man City got a penalty and scored to make it two two. Yep. And then Ari Kane oh, for Tottenham cool. scored at the basically the last kick of the game to yep. win three to two. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, I was a little excited. Yep. Though. Since uh, gambling is illegal in Texas, I cannot get to my DraftKings account until I go to Louisiana again. Write your congressman, folks. Write your state and local reps. Write the governor. We want gambling in the state of Texas. Just just Mike's opinion. Yeah, I mean, instead, all that revenue that could go to taxes, or all the revenue that can go to schools and other things would be nice. Yeah. But, unfortunately, everybody will keep going to Louisiana and other states. Tillman Fertitta's banking on, on oh, yeah. it becoming legal one day, but he's got his side hustle in Louisiana, you know. But yeah, he's got all his stuff over there. But yeah, you know, I'm going to Alabama this weekend. You know, doing a doing a road trip for somebody's birthday and gonna go through Louisiana. And I think I'm gonna put some money down on A uh, and M to win the championship this coming this coming season, and it's paying out like twenty five hundred to one. So five hundred dollar bet's gonna gonna land me like sixteen grand when I'm right. Yeah, that may be a, actually a pretty good choice with the recruiting class so i think that yeah that would you never know i mean i tottenham beat man city Ooh. one i wish now yeah. i would have put all my money on that one <laughs> yeah. that could have paid out really nice because i think it was like plus i don't know i don't know much about gambling stuff but it was like plus 200 or something like that oh, yeah. so yeah i don't know how a, you gamble on, on the european football games man I, I love to watch them and i i love to watch the scores but i can't pick a winner to save my life unless it's liverpool because I just always pick them, and if they're right, then woo, I'm I, right. But. I'm usually bad at it. I've only done it a few other times. What I like is that there's always there's a line on the draw, yeah. and they happen all the time in soccer. So it's like, hey, you got three options. <laughs> yeah. So, and I went with, you know, a draw that won me uh, something. So yeah, that, that was one sick. was kind of a surprise as well. But the draws don't pay as well. But yeah, that was so. that was a fun pick. It's 
pretty crazy that you pick a draw. I like that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But it wasn't as much fun as spending eight hours in the airport yesterday coming back from Birmingham. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were in Birmingham and got got a terrible layover. Yeah, I got I got the flight was supposed to take off at 1. I got to the airport about 11.15, and then it was 12.30, and we're supposed to be boarding. And I'm looking outside, and there's no plane. Mm. But on the United app, and it wasn't even showing an inbound plane. I'm like, hmm, this is weird. And then as I'm looking out the window, I get an alert on my phone that says, uh, important information about your flight, <laughs> click here. And I'm like, I was like, oh, great, it's going to be canceled, but... It said, you know, delays with the crew and blah, blah, blah. And it said it's been moved to three. And then about an hour later, it's been moved to four. Then about an hour later, it's been moved to five. And then they decided the gate next to us was also going to Houston at five. And so our plane came in first. So they put it at the other gate. And everybody's standing there. And she's the, the lady comes on and says, Okay, everybody listen. This is for flight, blah, blah, blah. This was originally scheduled for 1 o'clock. If you're on this flight, this is what we're going first. The other flight, the plane is behind it. It's yeah. like out on, like taxiing, waiting, waiting for this to clear. Yeah. So she's like, all right, and uh, 1K passenger on United. First guy walks up, scans it. It's the other flight. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, people, nobody up. listens, and then she comes on. Remember, this is for the first one that's been waiting. And the guy's like, where's my plane? Oh, my god! And she's like, like I said, it's behind. But it was also their fault because they should have just kept it at the other gate. I don't know why. But I think they only had enough crew to work one. And I guess they were just keeping it the same. But anyway, we got out. Almost had to turn around because the guy wouldn't put on his mask over his nose. Captain came out. They threatened to turn it around. Um, That was... People are yelling from the back, like, please, <laughs> like, not politely as I'm saying, but to put on your mask. And but it all got sorted. Got home, so it was a long day. Ended up getting home about eight thirty. You know, you when I was supposed to be home at three thirty. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's the days now. The airport it was just mass, and people are tired of, you know, I th- I dealing within the airport and layovers really kill people's patience <laughs> well even delay and there's so many more delays yeah and and then now you're sitting i mean yesterday it was it was interesting to see because almost nobody in the gate area everybody had their mask like off their face just hanging yeah. from the ear and Eddie, everybody's just like we're all waiting like just leave it everyone's over <laughs> let it. us be yeah. yeah and it and it's I mean, everybody spread out and so it was it was Nobody was saying anything about it, so yeah. until we got on the plane, <laughs> yeah. so, and the, the the stewardess came on and said she was a former sixth grade teacher and then a prison guard. Oh so she was pretty hardcore with the rules. One school to another. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. So yeah, so pretty busy, but you know we got we got an exciting episode this week. Yeah, with uh. You know, we finished Ozark, so you know, we're going to talk about episodes six and seven. So, Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah, man. Can we kick it? Yeah, let's kick it. Let's kick it. <laughs> so first, let's we're going to talk about Ozark season four, episode six, Sangre Sobre Toro, which means blood over everything. 
first thoughts, impressions of this episode, Mike? When you first thought about this episode, it was all about family and who you consider as family, right? Blood over everything, title of the, the episode. And it literally was just about drawing lines of who you're standing with, you know? I think Jonah doesn't feel like his family is his family anymore, and he's growing closer to, you know, Ruth and her little gang, and, you know, Javi and Omar, you know, they're drawing lines there. You know, what is blood? And yeah. Omar's trying to get out, and Javi's trying to take over. I, th- I think it was just family over everything, and who you consider that to be these days, and it's different for every person in the show. That's That was my takeaway from the episode. Yeah, because, I think? mean, it's it's the same. It's, it's interesting. I got some thoughts at the end, you know, after we talk about both episodes kind of on the title and what it means overall but i think it's you know blood are we focusing on the blood relationships or or family which Mm. you have your biological family your blood family or who you've chosen you know as your family yeah wyatt with darlene and them with zeke and you said jonah going with ruth and alliances and well, even, everything's forming even the lawyer jim right who's the campaign advisor for you know the birds and yeah. you know he you know decides to work with the birds and then you know javi kind of pulls him in so it's like oh what you know do you know what family you're getting to into and i i think some of these characters don't even know what they're getting into but yeah it's just about which side you're taking but yeah and i think they're all everybody's flawed and mm-hmm. everybody's just searching for I think everybody ha- in this show has some kind of familial problems. Yeah. And they're searching for that family feeling and that acceptance and belonging to a tribe or a group. Yeah. So I think that plays out over the last couple of episodes. That, you know, the, the start of the episode, we see Javi setting everybody up. He is. He's playing his own game. I mean, he's he's... he's playing two steps ahead of other people with, you know, the truck ambushes and, you know, Agent Miller's out on location again for some reason. Don't understand that, but that's a... What's the FBI's maternity leave policy? Is it like a week? I th- two I think weeks? It's, I think it's voluntary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's returned to work real quick. Yeah, real quick. And she wasn't even a field agent to begin with. She no. was an analyst, and like, now she's on the field. Yeah, when you were coming back from your fratern- or paternity leave, yep. or maternity leave, sorry. Yep. We're going to put you in the field. And she's like, sweet, all right. Like, two weeks later, let's roll. <laughs> yeah. Let's take these guys down. But, yeah, it, it starts off with, you know, the, the ambush and, you know, the driver runs off and you just immediately know something's wrong. And, you know, then the explosion and, and the, the you know, immediate thought is Omar, right? That's what the that's what Miller thinks. Of yeah. course, we all, at least in my, you know, yeah, I when thought, I was watching, oh, I thought, this oh, is Javi. Yeah. Javi's all over this. But they, they don't know about Javi, right? I think he's on the radar, but not as yeah, yeah, not as like heavily involved, right? Yeah. That they know he's the in the organization. Yeah, they don't know he's playing. Yeah, and so of course, you know, Agent Miller is freaking out, you know, to Marty that you know Omar needs to answer for this, and so it kind of leads to Omar saying, you know, he's ready to negotiate, right? He's he's ready to come to the table, he's ready to to make some concessions. Yeah, because Wendy, yeah, what is uh, Miller? Agent Miller calls Marty. Wendy calls um, Navarro, and mm-hmm. he's like, all right, let's go. Yep. Like, time's running out. Javi's on to, Javi's on to us, <clears throat> so we got to make we gotta make our move right now. The walls are closing in for sure. Yeah. Uh, we also see at the beginning, Darlene's alive. So, like, for me, mm. 
I've been watching week to week or episode to episode, so I haven't as we talk about them. So I didn't know if she'd be alive or not. I figured she'd be alive at the beginning of this episode. Uh, seeing the hospital, you know, she continues to look weaker and weaker, but she's still strong with her thoughts on. She knows that Ruth, you know, when she kind of freaks out when Wyatt tells her that Ruth and Jonah are at the house, she oh. doesn't want Ruth around. Her Wyatt, her son, that she tells the nurse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is my son. Yeah. I was just like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Notice he didn't speak up and say, oh, I'm not her son. We're engaged or we're boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't correct your elders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could resist. Oh, yeah. It's strong start to the episode. Um, yeah. We do get some, you know, it, good Jonah and Ruth moments in the beginning. And Jonah, they had a good conversation, I think. He's trying to open a beer. He's asking her about mm. his. And this may have been a different part than the the beer opening, but asking about Ruth's mom. So I don't think we had heard about her before that she had mentioned that she was killed in hit and run. Right. You know, so it kind of shows that she was pretty much raised by her dad like her whole life or the majority of her life. Kind of giving her that hardened skin and able to operate the way she does i got a feeling though her mom was a bit of a hellion of her own she yeah. said her mom was uh uh lynn langmore and she liked to tell people it was uh she liked to give him hell h-e-double-l langmore yeah, yeah. <laughs> i got a feeling she was a bit of a hellion yeah, she all, was, all her own yeah i'm sure she was hanging out at big muddy and the, the, the casinos and lickety split <laughs> yeah. i mean you never know she's probably running uh, her own game for sure yeah yeah so but yeah they were catching up on you know ruth's mom and um, you know, trying to share a beer which Jonah couldn't open, but you know, Ruth, uh, Darlene doesn't like Ruth now. You know, now that Darlene knows that Ruth went behind her back to you know sell the dope to you know buy the dope back from Frank Jr. and sell it to Marty, and she tells Wyatt at the hospital, "I don't want her anywhere near our business. She's she's out." And of course, Wyatt can't say no, right? Or you know, yeah. he's trying to backpedal it, but it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and I think this is where I mean we've known that Darlene acts on emotion most of the time it's kind of a hard hard place for darlene because she's constantly being undercut Mm -hmm. so as a head of an organization you can't have people under you undercutting you yeah but if that person is making you money you probably should reassess with them what leeway they have for sure so she's really letting her emotions get to her and they need to be better at communicating to be on the same page. But I think Darlene, as we see from her, her nice moves with a shotgun throughout the season, Mm. she's really not, doesn't like negotiating and she has her own way. And if you don't want to do that, then you should leave. Yeah. (laughs) And she wants Ruth out. Um, Going back to the, Wendy, you know, the the gym now becoming the bird's lawyer. Yeah, yeah. That whole... I know they have a relationship, and... I don't know what Jim has to gain by becoming their lawyer, knowing the history of what he assumes happened to their... Even though it's the cartel's lawyer in Helen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like... 
at this point, he can say no. As a consultant, you can advise and be like, cool, but yeah. I'm good. Like, what's his, yeah, what's the point to gain? Other than, I guess you can see the power shift coming. But yeah. Do you really want to get involved in that kind of shit? Well, and especially after she says, like, attorney-client privilege that mm-hmm. we launder money for the Navarro cartel. I mean, that should be the first sign is like, all right, I quit. I resign. Like, yeah. this. <laughs> Don't tell me anymore, but we can consult on other things. I don't want to, I'm not going to be your lawyer because we all know as soon as she's, he agrees, I know what's going to happen. And we'll talk about more in episode seven, but. Oh, she's lying her ass off. Yeah. Right. She, oh, it's all legal. It's just going to be paperwork. Yeah. Like, Omar wants out. It's it, it, yeah. It, it's just not this be one time thing. Just, it, where, you know, yeah. and then... Godfather three. They pull me right back yeah. in. Right. <laughs> and and he knows this. Right. He can see it. And that's that's when he says to her. You know, right around the time he commits, he's like, "Oh, you got a little, you got a little bullshit in your teeth." Right. He yeah. knows she's full of it, and yet he's still going along with it. So it's just you know, it's crazy that he's you know what line he's drawing, but. Yeah, and then we after that we go into the meeting with Marty and Agent Miller and her superiors. I didn't catch their names, her two bosses. But basically they they want proof I called him super agent, the bald guy that comes in. Love him. Uh, He's a that guy. He yeah. was agent uh his name was Aaron, I believe, on Twenty Four with Kiefer Sutherland ah, back okay. in the day. That's what yeah. I knew him from all the time. He's very those years familiar ago. face. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, he yeah, and he walks, and you know now the intel that the you know Bert you know Marty's been feeding the FBI now with the implication of explosions, not all of that is, you know. Uh... Well, they and they all think it's Navarro, right? So right. they want they want proof that it's not, because now they're pissed off at Navarro, yep. thinking, okay, oh he wants to meet with us, so he stopped blowing up federal agents, but. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think this stuff happens in real life? I'm pretty sure they're probably oh, yeah. classified dealings with car. And this is kind of, I started thinking about the whole war on drugs mm-hmm. and how the cartels basically operate under the guise of government protection. Oh, for sure. Even if it's not directly, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's interesting to see how. You know, seizing these cash shipments help fund fund these organizations because you can only rely on so much public money. For sure, you get, you have to. It has to stay in the public's mind, and it has to become a campaign, and and that's how you secure budgetary money through Congress and all these things, right? And I think it's pretty common, especially I think back in the eighties, right when yeah, narcos and killing Pablo, and you know that whole era when Pablo Escobar was in power, they may not have been working with him, but they were working with his rivals. Yeah. Right? To help take him down. Yeah. You work well, with us and we'll turn the, you know, we'll look the other way on some stuff. Yeah. Get rid of all the rivals. You have one super cartel. And then maybe they're a little more friendlier with not murdering as many people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it it's just interesting how the dynamic works with with that and, and how plausible this is in real life. I mean, we know there's undercover people with the mob and they mm-hmm. give them freedom. I mean, at least in my research and with studying history of um, the different mafia bosses and things like that. I've only got so, it from, you know, 
history of Martin Scorsese movies. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, Donnie Brasco. Good Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Irishman. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It, even going back, I mean, there's always that possibility, but they kind of give these people leeway and are never like prosecuted. I mean, they're just. But it's if the FBI doesn't shut it down or if they shut it down what else are going to do right it's a, it's a huge vacuum of yeah. power and something else could pop up yeah something worse theoretically yeah but but i have a theory on the whole drug stuff with the cartel yeah if you legalized all what's coming over and had it produced in tax in the u.s like alcohol like then the cartels go away. I want to say figure out. <laughs> well, now they're smuggling people more. Oh, yeah. So now I guess gonna, yeah. that it's gonna the be trafficking is as big. Yeah. So yeah. that'll. Yeah. So, I mean, there's. It's just interesting to try to relate it to real life. But anyway, that's my diatribe on that. So, yeah. So in, in them trying to, you know, broker this deal with Navarro, now it seems, you know, he may be dirty. And they tell Marty he's got to prove it wasn't him. And, of course, he goes to, you know, Omar about it and says he needs to give up Javi. And Omar just hangs up on him. He's like, yeah, I'm done with this. You know, he's, he's pissed off. You know, he's, he's frustrated. And it's it's really up to Marty to figure out the next steps and how to, how to get the FBI to keep going along. Um, but then, I mean, Navarro then goes and tells Javi, hey. Yeah, confronts him, yeah. Well, he says, you're, I'm retiring. Yep. And you're in charge. He basically makes him the king. Yeah, he's stepping down, and you know, of course, Javi's you know worried that he's sick or something. He's like, no, 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 I just want to spend more time with my family. And well, and that's where we get the titular title, mm-hmm. where Navarro says the uh, sangre sobre todo. Yep, and is basically saying, "You're my blood. You're going to run the family." And he also tells him, "You can do what." Basically, he's putting him in charge of the birds not yet telling him he can do whatever he wants with them oh yeah but practically giving him eventual authority to do whatever he wants he gave him more leash that's for sure yeah he didn't give him full reins but it was just it wasn't a full full full-on you know confirmation ceremony but it was uh this is going to happen so yeah it is what it is but you know not only while we're dealing with that did we talk about uh, Wendy went to visit Darlene in the hospital? No, we. Yeah, that was another fight. Dar, Dar, uh, I can go on. I can talk about this <laughs> piece forever. Wendy is the worst person, worst TV character, not worst, but the most evil person. I think, in my opinion, out of. Out of anybody in the show. She was giving Walter White a run for his money there for a while, and I think she's eclipsed it. Yeah. She's just full-on evil. She's ruthless. Yeah. And her going to visit Darlene in the hospital, just throwing heaters at her, and they just, they're going back and forth. I think it was just a great... Yeah, she wants Jonah out of the Snell operation for laundered money and all of that. Darlene's like, I don't care. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And then Wendy was like, do you really want another bird in your operation? Basically being like, we're parasites. I put you in the hospital having a heart attack just telling you one thing. Do you really want another bird in your life? Just going full on ruthless with Darlene and getting just agitated in a hospital. You can see a building and then the nurses walk in. And she's like, oh, take care of this one. 
just killing her with kindness again. And it's yeah. Just, you know, Darlene's just gritting her teeth, just shit eating grin you know it's a good thing uh, for wendy that darwin didn't have her closet shotgun there yeah, yeah. <laughs> pistol <laughs> under the pillow yeah. i don't think i don't think darwin uses a pistol she, she just no she just goes a, straight shotgun to blow you into the air she's favorite of the 12 gauge yeah yeah so it also looks like ruth is ruth is ready to run which oh, yeah for me Ruth should have been ready to run a long time ago. I wonder how much money she has now. She has to have a good stash of money. Well, she did until she bought the Lazy O. I mean, she dumped. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Darlene told her she dumped all of her money into that, right? Which was like yeah. four hundred grand, whatever she told. So I don't think she has much, which is why she wanted that hundred grand off the top when she did the deal with Frank Jr. and Marty. So she's got at least a hundred grand in my mind. Yeah, but that's enough to get a boat, right? Because that's you know what she talks about later is getting a boat and running. But she's ready to get out of there. And I think Wyatt is just inching closer and closer to this, and he's just not ready to be pushed over the edge yet. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this is where we get into, like, more, you know, we have Navarro, Tojavi, blood over everything. Mm-hmm. Ruth is ready to run, but she wants to leave with her family, with Three and Wyatt, mm-hmm. with her blood. But Wyatt... Wyatt has two families in his mind. Mm-hmm. He's got the blood, and he's got his chosen family with Darwin and Zeke. I wrote the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. and it started making me think of the other characters because you have Marty, Wendy, Charlotte, and Jonah as blood family, mm-hmm. but business family with Marty, Wendy, and Charlotte, and then Darwin, Wyatt, Jonah, and Ruth. Yep. With Ruth, is kind of splintering away, but Joe and Jonah's basically his family is Ruth and Zeke. And by proxy, Darlene and Wyatt, but he's really loyal to Ruth mm-hmm. is, because she's kind of taking him. She's like the teen whisperer with Wyatt and three. <laughs> yeah, for real, yeah. And Jonah. So, I mean, I guess you're giving teenagers beer and letting them do whatever they want. It so. is the Ozark. Yeah. yeah. So, which three has grown up. Oh my gosh, it's only been four, three and a half seasons, and he's already looks like he's 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. What do you think of. Um, when Wendy got the call that they think they may have found Ben's body. She had like 10 seconds of emotion. She was like, they think they found Ben's body. And Marty's like, it's not him. <laughs> and then she's like, oh yeah. And tucks it away and just looks at him like, you're a dick. Yeah. And like she has this moment of emotion where it could be true. But we all know it's not. Like yeah. she like feeds into the lie. And then goes and sees him. And of course... It's not him. Yeah. Right. So it's just like she's this is just her just buying into all her bullshit. Yeah, she's starting she's starting to believe her own lie. And I, I kinda thought, you know, skipping ahead there when her and her dad are at the morgue. Oh yeah. Then I'm thinking if her, if that wasn't her dad, would she have been like, That's him? You know, if her dad wasn't there? Because that would help solve that mystery. I mean, I don't know if they would do autopsy or whatever. But she could say, he don't, we don't want to autopsy and just yeah. bury him, you know? If her dad wasn't there, right, she could have been like, oh, it's him. And then do they leave it at that? Or is there a DNA test, yeah. right? Do they do familial match or fingerprint test? You know, I don't know if they have yeah. fingerprints. Or fi- well, he does. He did have, you know, the arrest. Yeah, he was arrested. Long, he long should, yeah. yeah. So I think they could have figured it out. But she could have. But yeah, her dad was there. And I was half expecting her when I watched it to go, yeah, it's him. Yeah. A- and then she was like no and then they leave right which 
good for them that body actually did kind of look like ben it did and when i saw it like "Mm." yeah that kind of does look like ben yeah but what did you think about it i mean you you saw the the emotion you know she does that she drops that emotion it's 10 seconds on her face and then it immediately goes into all right i'm covering i'm going in full ruthless cover-up mode Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of my i was on the same page there um and we have javi now he's feeling himself he's the man taking over back of the casino he loves the ozarks man uh what they in i think episode seven will it won't spoil anything but uh marty's old business call, partner called it the redneck riviera yeah, yeah. javi's really loving his his time in charge or his preparation for being in charge he wants to check the books yep uh question i'm your new boss yeah yeah i'm your What's, new boss to check the books what's your question lu education you think he knew what he's looking for or you just think he's snooping around i think he knew what he was looking for yeah lu business education i think he knows you know what business accounts and stuff like that looks like i don't know if he knows what washing money looks like but i think he knows enough to kind of get the gist of it but i love how he's like we provide services no so we should be like a tech giant yeah he's like wants to go full digitalization automation he's trying to go and... true social <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh like facebook yeah he, right. he wants to be yeah he's trying to start a he wants he... to expand their digital footprint like for whatever reason I guess you think about it, you could do online gaming if you had a, Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's I did, they point. didn't mention that, but with the gambling aspect, the hotel, you could expand into the online gaming space and just more fake online accounts and fake yeah. bank accounts and uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that may I don't know how. I, I don't have very very much experience in money laundering besides leaving a dollar bill in my pocket <laughs> for <laughs> in my in my laundry, yeah. but. I would think they could set up some fake accounts and and wash some of the money through the casino that or through online casino versus washing it in person through the casino, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's more of a digital footprint, so I mean that may be the only bad thing because there's a a trail. Yeah. So. But Yahavi's here, and, and then we see him start to kind of expand his power a little bit, and he tells Marty like, "Oh, you know what else? You know where else there are casinos? Macau." Yeah, he's going to move into Macau. And I think, and I put in bold caps, I was like, code for dead. He, the way he says, yeah. like, oh, you'll love Macau. It's That's like, true. He's just like hinting that he's going to off him. But he wants direct access to Agent Miller, right? Marty's running that, that feed and he's trying to protect, you know, isol- you know, insulate the fact that Omar's working with Agent Miller and all this stuff. And yeah. he's like, eh, we'll have to set that up. I want to talk to her direct. And it's like, oh, dude. Yeah. You, you have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah, and then that leads, you know, then that leads to Marty calling Navarro and complaining, and basically like, we need proof. And he's like, "Well, Javi's in the Ozarks, right? <laughs> like, go talk to him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "Uh, go get the proof." Yeah. So I mean, he does a little, does a little, invites him back for a drink, kind of pumps up his ego, tells him, "Your uncle would have never hit the feds like that." You know, it gets him to commit verbally that that he was responsible for the bombing. So now the agents are ready to meet, you know, with Navarro later on. Yep. But, um, you know, we get we get Frank Sr. and Frank Jr. back in this episode mm-hmm. from the KC mob. 
have a little father-son fight over what's going on. Yeah, and that leads to another one of my one of my favorite scenes, a Darlene kill scene, where oh. Frank Sr. goes to goes up the hill. Up the hill. Sees uh, Darlene Schnell and decides to tell her, you're going to pay me for the rehab centers and area bill. You're going to reimburse me for Frank Jr. stuff. And she's just like, just... walks back to the closet, like looks like she's getting a coat or something. <laughs> yeah. Just Let me get some stacks and uh, let's settle yeah. this right now. But yeah, no, it's a shot. I love how she's like in the middle of making a sandwich. And he's yeah. like, you're going to pay me back every cent, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, hold on a second. And... Yeah, and he just she just blows him away. Right out of his shoes. Great, yeah. yeah. Great visual shot. Yep. Then, jump ahead, because I got something to go back to in a second. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt comes home. It's like, hey, babe. And you just see, they <laughs> on the zoom-in <laughs> shot of them, but you see the freaking body yeah. laying on the same table. Yeah. And she's just making food. Yeah. Wyatt's like, looks, he's like, runs his head, like, oh, my God, what happened? Yeah. He was like, he threatened us. Yeah. And uh, you had some thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. She was like, he threatened us. And he was unkind. And it's like, oh my gosh, where is your line, lady? Like, yeah. Yeah, just the fact that she said he was unkind is one of the reasons she smoked him. Is just I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, she put the shotgun back and went back to making sandwiches. And then Wyatt walks in and she's like, hey, babe, how was your day out in the field? Yeah. And it's just like, no big deal. Dead body over there. But yeah. Yeah, so Wyatt, as we've learned, he does not like dead bodies tend to freak him out more than everybody else in the Ozarks, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, he goes back, sees Ruth, talks about what happens, and, like, I'm sitting there yelling to the screen, like, for the love of God, Langmores, get out of the Ozarks. Like, now is your time. Yeah. Each side you're on, there's wars coming. You can save yourself from this, but you you have to run. And they talk about running, but he's mentioned the boat, and... They've got money. They've got to get out, right? Yep. But good old Wyatt. We'll talk about that later. Um, but that, something else happens in between there. Our good friend Sam at the Lucky O. You mean the rat? The one that's going to bring this all down in my mind? But the anyways. one that's going to bring down everything. Yep. That, that has set in motion, or even further set in motion... The destruction of the entire empire by allowing Wendy access to Jonah's room. He's the he's the access vent on the Death Star. <laughs> he's the one that's he's just going to take the two shots and it's going to blow the whole thing up. Did you ever see the um, Family Guy episode where they do the <laughs> the fam- Yeah, they're the- like uh, just one tiny thing. There's this little like hole that can. Yes. Thing. So what do we, we we cover it up? Yeah. Oh well, I mean it's going to affect the resale value. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you understand how property value works in this in this solar system. So funny. Yeah. So yeah, it's just you know I would think that there would be with what's happening in that room there yeah. would be a different kind of access that Sam wouldn't have access to. You would think. Yeah. Uh, Ruth would say nobody's allowed in this room. Yep. Or there'd be a different kind of lock. He's got his bedroom, but then he also like works out of like the, the broom closet where he keeps yeah. the way. And it's just got like three padlocks on it, just yeah. in my mind, you know. But 
yeah, she when he you know talks Sam into her, you know with her charm and all of this. Oh, he's got homework I got to grab for yeah. him. Yeah, and and then comes out with that. nothing. Yeah, like it just I mean. She found that I know it's for TV, but she found it pretty quick. She was able to break into the lock pretty quick or pick the lock. I mean, the first thing when she starts trying to guess the password, I'm like, that's yeah. the dumbest thing yeah. that you could try to do because you're just going to lock the account. Well, you're never going to guess. Maybe it's Jonah's birthday. Maybe that's password. Yeah. It's certainly Ma, not yours, Wendy. I love mom, one, two, three. Like, come on. Yeah. So it was, but she, she figures it out pretty quick. I mean, there wasn't a lot in the room nope. to go, but I don't. I think there would have to be a better. I mean, I doubt there's a safe in the Lucky O bedrooms, but you have to have something better than than that operation. Yep. To prevent that, but. So she's trying to cause a red flag, right? Yeah. She's trying to trip him up, and she talks to Jim about you know what happens if a minor you know gets tripped up on a wire fraud charge. All of this is planning to. She's trying to bring him back into the family by getting him busted, which is a hell of a strategy as a mom. Yeah, Wendy. Wendy makes a lot of moves this episode. She basically is trying to get Jonah arrested, as you mentioned with the red flags. She hires Jim as their family lawyer and basically she said, talks to him about basically about, hey, I want to arrest my son, that she doesn't say son. And eventually she calls the CPS or the social services on Darlene to try to get yeah uh, Zeke out of the house. So she's she's making moves on everybody, and the whole thing. This goes back with the um, the blood over everything. She and I have some more thoughts on this in the next episode. She will. What sets her? What makes her worse than everybody in the show? She will harm her own children mm-hmm. to be successful in this operation. Navarro, Navarro won't. The cartel members are not in the business of hurting kids. Like, and, and that's said later. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I want to yeah. get to in the next episode yeah. because that's where the difference is. That would make Wendy so ruthless. She will throw her own kids in prison or make them literally. I mean, she killed her own brother. Yeah, or had her own brother killed. She would. I think she would literally kill Jonah. Oh yeah. If. If she needed to. And that's... She spent a couple more days in a Walmart parking lot getting drunk, but I think she'd do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who's more ruthless? Javi or Wendy? Yeah, Javi outright kills people. But Wendy does some serious... I think Wendy's Wendy's more dangerously ruthless because Javi's more unstable. Mm, Yeah. Wendy is calculated... True. And always planning multiple steps ahead i mean just the thing she game planned in this episode is is ridiculous where javi's like here's the thing and reacts yep and he may have more than that because he's a smart guy but he's he's more the emotional darlene type where wendy is very calculated and cold i think now javi's cold-blooded but like he's less calculating than than Wendy for sure but I think Wendy's more ruthless and and cold but um so we have did you mention before Jonah gets red flag yeah so who does he call 
Oh, dad. Calls papa. Calls daddy. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that whole scene? I love the I love the unified front that uh, Marty and Wendy have. You know, Wendy doesn't tell Marty that she's going to turn off the power to the basement. Jonah moves out. Now she screws up his account, so he calls dad. And Marty comes in and just saves the day. Fixes it like that. Yeah, I thought that was cool seeing how he just had an answer for everything. I mean, Marty instantly knows it's her, I think, when he's um, at the hotel. And then and then at the end, he basically comes in. Well, not the end, but then he comes in for dinner. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, because when he's leaving, he goes, oh, your dad, your dad didn't say hi. It's like, oh, he's helped me in my homework. Oh, everybody's helping out today. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And he's like, that's that's where Sam just ruined everything for yep. everybody. And then <laughs> right on schedule. Yeah. <laughs> He goes home and, um, yeah, he can, he confronts Wendy about it. And then, and I love when Jason, you know, Marty is like, I can't believe you would do that. And he's like, when we get back to Chicago, when we get back to Chicago, we're going to, and she like stops him and she's like, when what we get back to our old life. That life was a lie. And it's like, oh, these two are not going to last. <laughs> yeah. Get, they, they go back to Chicago. There's no way they're staying together. Yeah. And she is. She doesn't like her old life. No. She likes this life. She's in control. She's yeah. powerful. She's making moves. It's exciting. I think yeah. her in her mind, her old life was boring or uneventful. Didn't have the power. Yeah. 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 So, kind of wrapping up this episode, we had Ruth propose to Darlene. My first thought when that happened, or you mean you mean Jonah? I mean, so, oh my god! I oh, Ruth proposed it. Arlene yeah, would have been whoa, out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. No, not even Jonah. Wyatt. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ruth, Jonah, Wyatt. One of them proposes. <laughs> yeah, Which one? Yeah. Actually, so we say Wyatt proposed to Darlene. Yep. As soon as that happened, I said, "They're both dead." Oh yeah. Not only that starts off with him practicing how to break up with Darlene with three. Yeah. And I, I love how three is like, no, 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 you got to go full sass like Dar- like like Ruth. <laughs> Darlene, we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the first thing he says when he walks in. And they start talking about Sam's, uh, or uh, Three's, like, why'd you break up with her? <laughs> I don't know, Summer? It's, summer. Like, it's like all teenagers, <laughs> yeah. you know? You can, that was hilarious. Summer's coming, I want my freedom. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as soon as he walks in, he's about to, you know, break up with her, and she's crying. And he just immediately caves. Yeah. And, and you know, CPS is going to take the kid away, and boom, he proposes. So that way... The kid can stay and nothing has to happen. I thought the same thing. Oh, that's that's a death warrant right there. It's yeah. all over. And then, yeah, I think you had some thoughts, too, on, um, you know, that we see Ruth is packing up. Yeah. Because she thinks that Wyatt's going to break up with her. They're all going to leave. And then it goes back to Ruth. And, and she's like, she pulls out Ben's shirt and she's looking at the, you know, the jar with his ashes and this song comes on and I, it was amazing. I had to Google it. It was by Jim James. It was here in the spirit. It was just this unbelievably perfect song for the moment. And the way Ozark has been doing that this season has been unbelievable. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah. The music, the needle drops, the music, the soundtrack and not soundtrack, but the, the, the music accompaniment with, the different situations of the show has been probably for me, it's been the best. It's been more noticeable than yeah. it has in the past, even like how they've ended some like just stop cuts to go yep. into black with the music at some end of the, some of the episodes. It's really been masterfully done. It's more prevalent in some other shows that I like where the music 
really elevates the script where this show and script is usually pretty elevated but this this season the the music in it has really is i think even if you listen to the words of that song mm-hmm. as they pan to ruth and wyatt as wyatt's digging oh. digging his second hole yeah Darlene's uh, sitting there with the baby and the yeah. you know, four by four gator, and there's a body in the back of it, and yeah. he is just mm. shoveling away, and you just know. For me, as soon as I saw, I was like, "Oh, he's digging their own grave, man." Yeah, it is over for those. those yeah, it's very. Two. There's a lot of symbolism in this. I think there's the last two episodes to me. It kind of leads me, and we'll talk about this later into my projections and what's going to happen in the second half. A lot of symbolism a lot of i think uh foreshadowing and projection in my mind i could be way off but and then um we have the end of the episode jonah runs away and basically they're gonna deliver navarro the fbi in 12 hours yep so episode six was great oh yeah i think for me six and seven were of course it's the penultimate and the oh, sure. finale yeah of the first half but Best two of the season. So Best far. two of the season. Six was really good. There's a lot. The title was great. I think it really relates to the last two episodes about do they really put blood over everything? But we'll continue talking about that when we talk about episode seven after the break. Hey, folks. Chuck here. USA Ninja Challenge Webster will be offering a President's Day camp on February 21st from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Three full hours of exercise, ninja obstacle courses, games, and fun. Sign up today at www.ninjawebster.com camps before all the spots are filled up. Can't make the President's Day camp? No worries. USA Ninja Challenge Webster will have more upcoming camps for spring break and summer. We also offer weekly after-school ninja classes. Check out our website for more information. And we're back. What's up, Mike? Not much, man. I think we're going to talk about ep- episode seven, which is titled Sanctified. And so we follow up from episode six, right? At one point we you know, failed to mention is Ruth went to um, Frank Jr. and said, hey, <laughs> your dad went up the hill and he ain't coming down. It was Darlene. Give me 24 hours to clear out. Yeah. And you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, and we mentioned that because it's important to this episode. So yep. we don't want to skip it. No. And then... Episode seven, it's it it's very important to that. So yep. Good catch, Mike. So we we get some flashbacks at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, which I think leads up to like the very first episode of Ozark. Yeah. There it, it's it's Marty checking out this office space, right, with his old partner. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. And he's just wondering, you know, oh, do we get it, do we not? And I think he Marty's like, Yeah, let's get it. And then that kind of leads into like the next thing that happens is they Dell you know meets up with him at the at the truck warehouse. But anyways, he's he's you know kind of looking back, and it all begins you know the downfall their downfall with the cartel, right? Is that is the ultimate start of Ozark? Yeah, no, I think, and there's some some symbolism just when Marty's talking about pulling the trigger in the office. There's a trampoline in the background, mm. and then later later on in the episode when they're trying to set up things for Chicago, he's outside pulling the trigger on an, another office Yep. and the trampolines in the background as well. So I thought that was 
some interesting symbolism there. Yeah, kind of book into the how the show was, but it ultimately leads up to the next scene where Wyatt says he's gonna marry Darlene and blows up Ruth's, you know, hope of escape. And uh, so he's, you know, he's proposed to Darlene and tells Ruth, and now she's kind of crushed. So now she's got to go to Frank Jr. right after telling him that Darlene basically killed your father. I love the range of emotions that Ruth has in here. In this whole conversation, she first says, want me to go get the fucking baby? (laughs) Because he's like, he was worried about Zeke. He's like, okay, well, I'll get the baby. And then later she's like, can I come to the wedding at least? (laughs) She's all over the place. But she loves Wyatt. And I think initially it's, she wants him to be happy. And he's projecting this is making him happy, even though I think more for him, it's just he feels it's the right thing to do Yep. in support of Zeke. So I just thought I love seeing Ruth's range of emotions for sure in there. She's such a good actress. I mean, yeah, my gosh, dude, she's doing Inventing Anna on. Yeah, on, I still got to watch that. Just watch the first episode and she's got this German accent. I'm looking to see, looking forward to how the rest of the show goes. But yeah. She's just a great actress. I mean, she, yeah. her stock is rising, but it, yeah, it goes from her telling Frank Jr., you know, give me 24 hours to now she's begging Frank Jr., don't kill Darlene. You know, basically my cousin's about to marry him and he pretty much obliges her wish <laughs> against, yeah. you know, going for revenge. You know, she killed her, you know, her dad, his dad. And he's just like, okay. He has like this huge amount of respect for Ruth. For you know, they both have this connection that for whatever reason yeah. he's not seeking retaliation now. I I love both of them as characters. Yeah, I I really think, especially them together. Yeah. It, after, I think you know when he beats her up. I think it was season three outside the casino. Yep. But ever since then, you know, I think he feels he felt a lot of remorse for that maybe not the time but maybe he was more humbled when he got when he got his man shot shot off (laughs) but he's really turned a corner and i think he's more more thoughtful and more especially with her and he really the the scene from episode six where ruth is telling her like the emotion from both of that that scene is is brilliant yeah the way she's trying to comfort him in her own way and he's trying to process that and i think you know when she goes and visits him here and says like don't do it he's got the whiskey and he's drinking but he's afraid he's it's not his personality to to go and kill somebody i think yeah it's not his mo right he's not he's not some ruthless you know hitman he just wants to make a little you know cash and you know have a little power you know he doesn't want to run his dad's empire but I love how far those two characters have come. I mean, yeah. Ruth went to him to tell him that his dad is dead, and she's, like, afraid of what he's going to do. Yeah. And his first reaction is patience. Yeah. Understanding. And then she tells him, my dad died, too. It never goes away, but it gets better. Yeah. And just for them to be able to connect and, and just to – how they responded to each other, I think, was so unexpected for those characters. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I think – that was one of the best scenes of the show. Agree. I, I And I can't believe we skipped over that so quickly in our six recap. But <laughs> yeah. that was a really well done scene, I thought. And yep. But it, it really do. And I hope that they're more prevalent or involved 
again in the second half. I, totally I mean, they agree. may not, but yeah. I hope they are. I hope or they, yeah. you have a spinoff of them, like, running the Kansas City mob together. Yeah, like, instead of Ozark. It's, ooh, it's, I'm going to add that to my theory. Yeah, the, the, the next show is going to be called Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fargo season. <laughs> Fargo season Fargo, six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth and Frank Jr. <laughs> yeah. So we, we see, you know, Frank Jr. obliges, and, and, and then the next the next scene we see is Wyatt and Darlene get married in this private, you know, ceremony at the house. And off they go to start their blissful marriage. Good for them, right? And then it kind of changes pace. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but we go on into the feds and, you know, are finally going to meet Navarro in person for the first time. I mean, it's setting the stage for this huge thing. Yeah. And I love how it where the I love the setting. Setting is great. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. they chose Alameda Mall no. or Northwest Mall in Houston. Yeah. The the outside shot, I'm like, yeah. I think that's every 1980s or seven whenever those malls were built. Yeah, it looks like oh, they're Greenspoint. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, it, it was a great, it was a great setting. You know, we have the cartel's new lawyer. They're Jim. Jim, that poor, that poor guy. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, FBI comes firing with their offer. Five years, basically, for Navarro to still lead the cartel. Yep. But and, work for the feds. Well, yeah. Yeah. But they give him the freedom. Yep. But Navarro can't take that deal because he's already told Javi he's stepping down. Yeah. And he's in charge. Javi, you know, I mean, Navarro says, name your price. The FBI wants a relationship. It goes mm-hmm. back to kind of what we were talking about last episode. That's right. If they shut this down, their cash influx goes away, and they have to find a new avenue. So they want to milk this cow for as long as they can. While get they some, get some good press. Yeah. yeah. What, give me some of your other thoughts. I love that, that scene. Agent Miller has been an FBI agent for how long, and she can't believe that they're wanting hit wanting him to be a puppet as opposed to just taking down this big cartel yeah how long has she been around you, you're gonna shut this huge you know you're gonna cause this huge vacuum of power and she's just not beside herself but she's kind of in disbelief that they're it, it's a little gonna work the, him. the her reaction and she's kind of to me in the last few episodes of kind of i think her character's gone downhill yep. and i mean it's kind of virtue signaling on her part in this it's like oh well you know, she's all high and mighty. She's the freaking one that's yeah being like <laughs> being used by the cartel. For and real. Then she's like, oh well, oh I didn't know you were. Oh, I thought this was yeah. over. But I, I think her. And I'm just gonna segue real quick for a second. I think her character when she was on board as the analyst who was doing the audit for Marty yeah. at the casino, great. Usher her out. Yeah. And then that agent who died, right? His partner. Yeah. Who was on suspension. Bring him back in, right? Oh, he cleared suspension. He's back in. He's the one helping negotiate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he's the one who does what Miller does in a few scenes later. Yeah. That would make more sense. It would make more sense. He just completely dropped out after they met in the parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I got a feeling he'll come back in part two because they they popped him in there. Yeah. Why would you have him? Yeah. In there I, now I, to call her out as a hypocrite, and she kind of knows that they, there was a reason for that. But yeah, they don't just pull characters in for nothing. Yeah, he's going to be around. I got to feel he's got to be around because what Agent Miller does later in the episode will 
it's kind of like, all right, here, call me a hypocrite. Here's, here's how I expose it. Now let's join forces. Or he has to come back. They wouldn't have yeah. had that confrontation in the parking lot no. in episode one or two, whatever it was. Yeah. If there was no plan, because it kind of propelled her arc into what it turns out to be in this episode. Yeah, and so the FBI, right, has this bigger goal in mind. They want to understand cartels better. They want to be able to, you know, milk the cow for all of these, you know, federal funds for these programs and things like that. And I love how Omar says, like, five years. I got to work for you for five years. He's telling Wendy off to the side, right, because he doesn't want to do it. And he's like, what guarantees do I have? that I won't get screwed over yeah. in that five years, right? There's a political change. Somebody new comes up. Yeah. There's a new director of the FBI. Yeah. And it's like, we have what deal? No, 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 F that guy. Yeah, I think... And Omar gets screwed. <laughs> I think Navarro at this point is, and he even mentions it later, like he never should have trusted American law enforcement or yeah. something like that. And that's where he realizes at this point that he's screwed... He has to cooperate with whatever they want because there's no other option. Yeah. He's going to be, how, how can he, he's in too deep. He made the choice. Now yeah. the FBI screwing him and, you know, he punches the glass or whatever. He knows yeah. that he knows he has to take it. And I really liked his and Wendy's conversation as oh, Wendy's yeah. dressing. Yeah. His hand. Yeah. And I can't, I don't know if you have the direct quote. Oh, so basically Wendy said, or he's like, how does it feel? And she's like, I'm in shock. And he's like, no, that's not shock. That's fear. Fear of the quiet. Mm. That he really says fear of the quiet. When you're, the kids are at school, Marty's at work, you found the empty bottle of wine, then what? You know, he's like, Don't you don't forget about me. Yeah. And and you know that that hurt that irks Wendy to the core because her identity now is basically like Navarro's right hand man at the yeah. most part, you know. Yeah. Marty and, has his money laundering. The kids have their thing, right? And she's the ruthless murderer yeah. in charge of a cartel, like, <laughs> yeah. shadow puppet she's for Navarro. She's the soothsayer for this cartel, like, boss, right? And she's just going to go back to, what, being a housewife in the yeah, Chicago she suburbs? she says it last there, our fucking life was a lie or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, That's where she's positioning herself for all this political power, but... Yeah. So, I think... Um, So that's when ultimately, right, Omar agrees and the feds tell Wendy and Marty basically, cool, your job is over. Yeah. We'll take the washing over from here, thanks. Yeah. And they're out of it, right? They've they made this deal. They're scot-free. They're not going to get, you know, pinched for anything related to money laundering. Hint, 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 in my mind. But there's more that could happen out of that. But that's just my thoughts. But, you know, he's... He's agreed to the deal, and now he's going to have to deal with Javi. Some way, somehow. We don't know yet, but some way, somehow. So, Well, then, next thing you know, here comes Agent Virtue signaling. Comes in and busts Navarro at the airfield. Yep. 
Just I. <laughs> he's I on lo- the way to the airport. I he's love, just chilling in his Escalade. I love the shots in TV shows where they do like the off-centered shots. And oh, so yeah. you see Navarro, and you see the back of the Escalade, and it's you just see his head, and then you see the cop cars yeah. pulling in the center of the screen. And I'm like, until until Agent Miller gets out, I'm like, what was the local police? Did right. Mel like is Mel somehow following people around? As we see Mel, as Mel put so, something together, and now he's you know yeah yeah right. leading then this. You see Miller, and I'm like, why? She's got an it's extra. another one that I she is so pissed off about what the her superiors basically woke her up to the game that she's like i'm going rogue and what was what was her thing to lose by not by just letting omar get this deal yeah. you know she didn't lose anybody yeah she still has her baby and now her she puts her baby and mom at risk i love it yeah. where the when later on they're watching on the tv and, and miller's with the baby and the mom's like what did you do yeah. like the mom's yeah. like you're gonna get us killed right. like she knows better yeah, yeah. she's like my job yeah yeah, she wants her pound of flesh, right? She wants she wants justice. You can't see my air quotes, but yeah. you know she wants to bring this whole thing down, no matter the cost. And yeah. the FBI is playing a whole different game. Yeah. And now it leaves Marty and Wendy to scramble, right? They're like freaking out, like, "Oh, dude, yeah, we're probably gonna get off." Yeah, I did, before we go on from there, I yeah, love yeah. like when they're like, "Get out of the car," and the driver opens the door, and you just hear a thud, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like I guess he got shot. I think he did. Yeah, you yeah. don't hear a gunshot or anything, but it just like thud. Yeah, he just yeah down. Yeah, and yeah, as you mentioned, this is the birds are freaking out. This is bad for every single person in the show. It's maybe except for Mel. <laughs> I don't know, but this is not good for anybody except for maybe Javi. It's good for Javi. Yeah. I think Javi and Mel yeah. are the only ones who don't come out of this thing, yeah. out of this arrest in a bad light. Yeah. So this leads to the birds sending the kids to their safe space in the cemetery. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the birds going to visit the FBI. And wanting, Wendy wants to talk to. Wendy wants to talk to um, Navarro. Mm-hmm. Effie is like, we can't make that happen. Like, okay, you guys talk to him. And they're like, okay, maybe you should talk to him. We can't go anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because Miller didn't arrest him through the FBI, right? She went yeah. through like DEA local, or ATF well, yeah, or local, right? My, she went through a different entity other than yeah. the FBI. So it's out of their, amazingly, <laughs> the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, it's out of their reach somehow. Well, and I think, I think also it, it's more of, just what I was thinking about is that if the FBI goes, if they see agents going in and mm. talking to them, then that looks kind of shady where yeah. they wouldn't go unless they're in inter- I don't know. That's a good point. No, that, that's but, a good point. If, if the feds go in and anybody's watching, right, mm-hmm. then it leads to some questions about, oh, the feds want to talk to him. And then all of a sudden he's let go. Then the feds are liable for it. Right. Yeah. Well, then, and Javi calls 
Javi also calls Marty and is like, basically, hey, we're going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Like, because yeah. he thinks that, that, they're that they did it. Because yeah. he doesn't know that Navarro's working for the FBI. Yeah. And, but he, all he thinks is that it, Marty's agent he has flipped, that they've set Navarro up. Correct. Which, he, he doesn't like the birds to begin with, right? So he's just, it's all pointing him. Yeah. To, it's, it's Marty and Wendy's fault. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. In this world, Navarro gets busted. Yep. Typically, they don't talk. Javi's already in line of succession. And if he knows it, he just should be able to carry on the business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he seems, and maybe it's emo- he's emotional in the blood over everything piece of it, but he's been looking to take over. I think he's looking to take it, but I think he he feels his family was betrayed. It's yeah. almost a, you know, it's a it's a code, right? My yeah. uncle may be stepping More down, though. but he didn't step down the way he wanted. You yeah. took him down. Yeah. So now I'm going to get my pound of flesh. Yeah. It's not like the Italian mob where they would just be yeah. like, all right, I'm going to take over now, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah. until he gets out of prison or we'll send someone to whack him in prison so I can stay in charge. That's I have that for coming up later about. You know, what can yeah. happen to Omar now that he's in federal custody? We'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. But, um, so they're trying to get, you know, Marty and Woody are trying to get the feds to give Javi the same deal, right? Trying to get, you know, some way out of this to where Javi gets you know, released and Javi takes over. and But they now use Javi instead as their puppet. Who knows if they're going to take it, right? Yeah. Take Go for it. And it leads to Marty, um, <laughs> getting called by the lawyer jim right the contract handler just just paperwork well basically javi goes over there i can't remember if it was this episode or seven says hey you're our lawyer now yeah you know the birds or our our previous lawyer or whatever it's like you work for me yeah he's that's a conflict of interest yeah he's like oh well where i'm from it's family yeah yeah he's like i'm sure you'll figure out what your interests are yeah it's like, all right, let me get working on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love it. He's like, oh, what a beautiful dog. And, and the lawyer's like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's basically got the lawyer in his pocket, right? And so he calls Marty, and he's like, hey, you need to come over. And it's a it's a trap. Yeah, I knew when Jim brought that up, I, I knew that Javi was involved. Yep. It was a bit of a red, red flag there that that was going to happen. Yep. Just surprised how quickly Marty fell for that trick. Yeah, there's some bigger, there's some bigger stuff at play, and you, I got to run by the lawyer's house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Javi wants to kill me. Yeah, the lawyer needs me to sign some papers. Yeah. to make sure he is covered. All right, let me run over there real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, yeah, just give him my John Hancock and all, and I'll, I'll get back to hiding. Yeah, yeah. Everybody just wants that signature, bro. <laughs> yeah, just need a signature. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it leads to Javi, you know, working his way up to killing Marty, right? Yeah. And then I, th- I think it's Wendy that's meeting with Omar, with, with Omar in, in custody yeah. and trying to convince him to have Javi take the deal. And, yeah. And saves Marty's life with a phone call, basically. Well, we're, I think we jumped ahead a Did little, we bit, little there. bit Yeah, yeah I was just thinking, like, um, when Wendy, well, when Wendy 
Yeah, no, he does. That's true. Okay, I'm getting a little thrown off. No, sure, there's sure, so sure. much that happens in this episode. There's a lot, yeah. But yeah, he he basically, Wendy's basically like, here's how you know you can trust what the FBI's new plan is. You got screwed before, but here's because they yeah. let me bring in a phone. Yeah. Can you call Javi and tell him like you're working with the FBI? And, and of course, perfect timing because Javi's kicking the shit out of Marty and yep. about to shoot him. And then the phone rings and he basically then spares Marty's life for now. Yep. So, I think what well, I really like, I love Navarro and Wendy's conversations. And then this too, you know, he's disappointed. I think he tells her multiple times in this episode, he's disappointed in her. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if I'm not out of here in 48 hours, <laughs> uh, or you have 48 hours. And if I'm not out of here in 48 hours, Nelson has instructions to end you. <laughs> if I'm not out, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, you know, I mean, it goes back to, well, I don't want to jump ahead. I won't jump ahead because there's another Navarro meeting with Wendy and and Marty, which is fantastic yep. towards the end. So we'll save that one. But also at the time, I, I don't know. What's your thoughts on this? Ruth goes to visit her aunt in the middle of this episode. It was the weirdest. I think it was the weirdest scene in this episode because... It was like, oh, okay, they're related, right? Because they're talking about Ruth's mom. Yeah. And they're buying... She's getting seeds? Yeah, seeds or... I guess it was seeds, right? But then I was like, maybe it's like tea? But I was a little confused on that. What was your takeaway on that? Yeah, I had no idea. I I don't know if it was just kind of tying the familial bonds together and that now Ruthie's been abandoned, you know, by... Wyatt and basically three is going to stay there probably with Wyatt and Ruth is wants to leave and she's I think let me go visit my aunt who her husband died in a boating accident and we get some backstory I don't know if it's setting something up in the second half does it it has to yeah or what's the point it does maybe there maybe yeah, does Ruth, maybe Ruth goes, you know, hides out there to, to start the second season instead of run, or, I don't know, it's very, it has, just going back to, like, Miller's partner agent yeah. guy, there has to be a point of having her make that visit. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a, a wild card out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, fl- there's a lot of talk about Ruth's mom. Yeah, and they talk, and she talked about how her mom died in a hit and run. Yeah, we're gonna find out who that was in the second part. It's gonna be like Darlene was a hit and run, or Javi. Hop, yeah, Javi. <laughs> Javi. <laughs> he was really in town like, from yeah. Chicago from yeah. LU. Yeah, you know, he was having a little too much on the on the lake, and he Ooh. just pff, boom. I, something about they keep going to the past about Ruth's well, family and, and the ants in the wheelchair. Yeah, was she. Ooh. Also walking in, did she survive, yeah. or were they riding by? Like, what? There's some kind of connection. There, there's got to be. Yeah, they, I want more of that. I want. I, I wish it was earlier in the show, right? I want more background about the Langmores. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like going back to you know you go in the Game of Thrones universe and in the Star Wars universe. 
where you have Book of Boba Fett, or mm-hmm. you have like now House of Dragon coming out. Like, give me a one season history of the Langmores, yeah, or the Schnells, yeah, like of Ozark, oh yeah, the their heroin production, how they got into it, or the Langmores, how they got into where they're at now. If it's an interesting story, for sure, they the the creators producers may have that background or they may not but that'd be something that you could probably develop into into like a nice offshoot spinoff like yeah one season or mini series kind of thing 1863 the langmore story <laughs> or 1883 don't, whatever dude, it is don't get me started on 1883 <laughs> because that is the greatest show i ever invented on tv <laughs> yeah. I, I need someone to talk about that with. I'm gonna start watching. We'll it. do a Chuck Solo pod where oh, yeah. I talk about 1883. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. One man, Chuck Jr. <laughs> 1883. And his love for romantic westerns. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, she was getting these seeds or whatever from her aunt, and I I had it written down as tea, but I think you were right. I think the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, it's seeds, right? This is like her olive branch. This is her her white dove, her her peace offering to to Darlene, and probably more to Darlene than than Wyatt, but trying to gift her way back into their good graces, right? Yeah. And that leads us. Do, do you want to lead us into this next? We talk about the cemetery scene. With Jonah and Charlotte. So I have a lot of thoughts on this and it leads me to one of my theories yeah. about what's going to happen. So I thought it was a good scene with them two in the mausoleum or whatever they, yeah, uh, they're called. Money, money stash, yeah. Yeah, and so I think <laughs> she get, Charlotte gets really upset when Jonah compares her to Wendy. Yeah. And I mean, it's she knows it. I think that's why she's oh, he's spot more upset. on. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's spot on. She knows it. They talk about, they start making plans or talking about what they would do if their parents weren't there. Hmm. And I started thinking like, so my, my joke, cause they talk about going to Pacific Northwest. I said, what are they going to meet up with Dexter? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you watch Dexter, but he, uh, the, the show Dexter, like after in the last season, he never gets caught as a serial killer mm. and moves up and becomes like a lumberjack in like yeah. Oregon or something in the Pacific <laughs> yeah. Northwest. And the new Dexter, he's up there. My brother and, uh, his girlfriend, Kelly, they watch that show and says pretty good. The new Dexter, new blood or whatever it is. Mm. But, I'm like he's gonna she's gonna they're both gonna go up there and join him but i think this kind of leads me to my theory i think that they're gonna be on their own somehow oh, some yeah. way and they're gonna have jonah's money and they're gonna start a new life at the end of the show without their parents yeah whether they're in jail one of them's dead um there's something that I don't think they would have that discussion in the show. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back whether it's it's not going to lead anything. It could be a false flag or red herring, yeah. but I just thought that was interesting how they were talking about that in there. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I think they, they brought it up for a reason, and I think it's the kids maturing and realizing that 
you know, their parents have made the plans for them, have dictated what they do pretty much through this whole show. And now they have this moment where they realize, oh, we may really be on our own, right? We're yeah. hiding for a reason. We probably should start talking about what we should <laughs> what yeah. we should do if we're going to be on our own because, hell, they might be. Well, and Charlotte says, we're always going to be fine. Yeah. And that's like... Yeah. There's some there's some meaning to that I think in the in the outcome of the show. I agree. Yeah. And then um, we have an FBI meeting with Javi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the, they at, at pick the mall, him up. Right. What's supposed to be at the mall? Yeah. But then. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They're like, just you. We'll call you at the location. FBI's a little whiny about they like to be in control of their location. Yeah. But ultimately, they basically give in, and we see Marty go into the funeral home. You're like, uh, hey, you guys got to get the fuck out. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a good one. Buy this one. You know what? I'll give you 10% off. You know what? Fuck it. 25% off. You know what? Half off if you take it right no, now. No, he says 10, 15, and 25. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just say, if you get out of here now, you can have this for free? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're they all always still of, try to make a sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the art of the deal, right there. He's, yeah. He won't give. I'm like, just give him free and tell him to get out. Yeah. I, mean, I forgot about that. That was so funny when he did that. Yeah, and, but it's Marty being Marty, and just yep. going back to the beginning where, when they're of this episode where he's talking about the building is like, well, these are south facing windows, and we got to look at the electricity and oh, the parking. Yeah. And then when he's talking to Charlotte, and she's like, oh, yeah, I know. Make sure you get north-facing windows. And he's very... He's so meticulous. Yeah, very meticulous. Yeah. I, I love that about his character. But yeah, yeah I love it. He, uh, he, the, the funeral home director's like, oh, his, his wife of 50 years just passed away. Marty's like, oh, gosh, that's <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, sorry um, for your loss. But yeah. I've get got the hell another, out. <laughs> yeah, I got another problem right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have... Um, you know, the wedding, and then it cuts over to the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 10 years. The FBI is saying 10 years for Javi. Younger, I guess. Sure. They can milk him for longer. He's he knows eager. he really doesn't have, you know, he doesn't really have an out, right? Yeah. So let's screw him over a little bit more. Yeah, because he knows that Navarro's more than the FBI, so he's 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 screwed too. So <laughs> He doesn't uh, know about the original five-year deal, so yeah. they just upped it anyway. Yeah, so he has 10 years and immunity and... They have as long as they meet the cash expectation, and then they said, "Do we have a deal?" He says, "We do." He, they don't shake hands. Yeah. But then it immediately cuts to the wedding scene where they go, "I do." Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit on the private ceremony of the wedding, but yeah, it it did kind of jump to that. I do. Yeah. Then we kind of cut back to Javi driving past the sheriff sign and kind of laughing, <laughs> like he's like. Oh, I'm free to do whatever I want now. I mean, they got the feds on my side. Yeah. They're never going to find the sheriff. Yep. Uh, He knows that even though he's working with the FBI, he can operate and do whatever he wants. Yep. Then one of the, one of my favorite scenes of this episode, and I'll let you cook on this a little bit. Wendy and Marty go to meet with Navarro. Mm-hmm. And I really love this scene because Navarro, it's almost like Marty's not even there. Yeah. Navarro is just so disappointed in Wendy. 
and I think this where for me I kind of hinted at the last episode Navarro basically says I can't believe you send your children to hide in the cemetery with shotgun and this and that like he they have people following everybody. everybody they know exactly what's going on yeah but he thought that Wendy understands him and he was so disappointed because in his he would never hurt a child yeah and he says that yeah he says it multiple times yeah he loves the he wants to do everything for his children he mm-hmm. don't care about him he just wants to make sure they're set up and she's in there going like what if this doesn't work we'll take you know your children will get nothing and she's basically threatening his children yeah and he's he's like we don't mess with children and he doesn't even act like Marty is there. It's no. all I'm yeah. disappointed in you, Wendy. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, I I think Omar has this attachment to Wendy for whatever reason. Yeah, and Marty is just this guy I've been using. He's just my money launderer. But Wendy gets me. Well, they're similar. Yeah. Wendy's like him, but more ruthless. Yeah. More. And it proves it out because she's willing to, as I think mentioned already, to throw her own kids under the bus and hurt children where Navarro won't get kids involved. At this age. I think younger Omar, I think he'd have done whatever it took. Yeah, maybe that's um, well. That's the that's the side of you know that's the that's the view from maturity, right? Because now he gets yeah. a confession and all that, right? He's he's like, yeah, well, I, won't, I won't play that game, right? He he knows his life is limited. You know, there's a yeah. limit in this game. Yeah, he's trying to change the narrative, get out. Yep. He's, I think you know, for for his position, he's a caring person about family, about kids. He wants to step away. He wants to spend quality time with them and get out of the game. It doesn't forgive him for everything that no, he's no. done. Yeah. But I think it's part of like, you know, he's realizing and in, in trying to make amends and seek forgiveness. But I think in the end, it's at least at this point is not hurting children. He's very shocked that Wendy would threaten. Would think that he would. Yeah. Would think, would think that, that he would, would threaten her kids yeah. and that she yeah. would threaten his. Yeah. It's almost he's been eclipsed that she's more ruthless than he is and he's disappointed that she would go to those lengths, right? Yeah. But that was my takeaway from that episode, from that scene. Yeah, that was good. Um, we also, Mel, Mel calls Agent Miller. Yeah. It, the great, great lines like, how'd you get this number? I'm a bit of a dick or something like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is a pun on a private detective, yeah. you know, being a PI or a dick. Yep. Um, so this just sets up Mel working with agent Miller mm-hmm. in part two, you know, could you have Mel agent Miller and her other ex agent working together I'm now taking down Javi and stuff like that. But. Sure, Mel works for a cartel, another cartel, and Miller's already worked with a cartel before. So sure, she'll just work for... No, I'm just kidding, yeah. Yeah, well, that also goes to question, what is Mel... We still don't have any inkling of what is Mel's affiliation or purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it can't, as I said, it can't just be the ex-husband and the no. divorce agreement. No. So. There's there's more to that, but we'll find out in, in the part two of season four. So, we're kind of getting to the, the shock and awe of the episode. You know, we have Javi, he drives past the billboard. Mm-hmm. He's feeling himself. We have Darwin and Wyatt walking the door. Newlyweds. Yeah. Happy. There's Javi. He's just hanging out. Hanging out. Up the hill. Top of the hill. Yeah. Top of the hill. Yeah. In the cartel. Top of the hill at the Schnell's house. He's king of the hill, man. No Hank. Hank Hill. (laughs) There's no propane here. Yeah. Yeah. Propane and propane accessories. (laughs) Basically, sit down on the couch. Yeah, this is this is the point where Darlene, I think, realizes that she is in a corner, and there is no way out of it. Well, I think it parallels to where Marty can talk his way out, yeah. and Javi says, "You really love your mouth, like to Marty." I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. But Darlene realizes the end. I think Wyatt is kind of just like, "What?" You know? Yeah. But Darlene knows. Oh, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so they walk in the door. Javi's there. He's got a gun. Please, come in. Sit on the couch. And they're just like, uh, okay. And that's when, you know, they sit down. And does Darlene say something? Well, he says, I told you to stop or to not. Yeah, um, make the heroin. Yeah. Yeah. And she's basically... That leads her to say, "Look, we can work. We can work out something." Or she tries to kind of half-heartedly talk her way out. Yeah, she's trying to make a deal. And, yeah. And then we have Javi one eight seven. Yeah. Darwin right through the heart. Right and, through the heart. And, and that's that's gets at his emotions right where he is so fed up with Darlene. This <laughs> this hillbilly Darlene Snell. Did I get the name right? No, no, no. I know who she is. Yeah, you, yeah. You got the name right. Yeah. He's he's so fed up with her. It's so emotional to him that he's been defied this long. And he just shoots her one shot in the heart. Dead on sight. And I think it just gets to the point that he kills her. He shoots her in the heart. It's so personal for him. And then he looks at Wyatt. That poor puppy bastard. Yeah, he's in shock. He's just looking over at Darlene's butt. Oh my god. Yeah. And he says, I don't know who you are. Sorry. And shoots him right in the head. One eight seven, right in the head. Full on execution. No personal yeah, anything about it. Such a contrast to Darlene yeah. of the emotion through the heart. Yeah. Of his, his, you know, with her not doing what, what he wants them to do, yeah. and not, you know, not distribute or sell. Yep. And. To Wyatt, where I don't know who you are, but you were here, so just execution style. Yeah, it's just the emotion coming out of him just to blow Darlene away by shooting her in the heart versus yeah. cold blooded, no mercy for Wyatt, poor poor kid, just gets blown away right there. And I think that's what just is gonna unleash <laughs> this whole second part of season four to just be full on war. Yeah, and I think that's where I mean just. 
after that scene, we have Ruth arrive at the house. Yep. This she's, ending. She's coming to give her her wedding gift. Yeah. To the new newlyweds, right? Is that what all the seeds are for? Yeah, I think that because it's all red. You know, it's in yeah. a box and it's got ribbon on it. It's a, it's like a wedding gift, right? Yeah. It's a peace offering. Well, I guess that makes sense why she goes there too. They're farm like to plant on the yeah. farm because yeah. they do it. You know, the shelf wanted them to expand into <laughs> all the other food. It, edible flowers. Is yeah, that yeah. still a thing? I think that's yeah. covered. Yeah. But yeah. I thought the ending, the last, like, after Darwin and, and Wyatt get killed, is beautiful. Like, it's just Ruth, Ruth, Ruth is driving. It's just music. Oh, yeah. It's, like, super painful. Yeah. You see her just driving, crying like out of her mind yeah. with what she just dis- discovered because Wyatt, like if it would have been Darlene, eh. she didn't care. Yeah. But she would have been, Oh my God, where's Wyatt? And then he would have been in the bedroom with the baby and it would all have been. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But well, and it could it just go back to when, um, Javi killed them. He hears a baby. He doesn't go kill the baby. Yeah. So he's so not about kinda, babies either. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like kids. in their, their Omorto or their code mm-hmm. that they're not killing kids. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, you because know, I half point. expected them him to go in and just take Zeke or shoot him. But yeah. when you when you see Ruth with the music and leaving with Zeke, yeah, she goes back for Zeke. She like yeah. freaks out and leaves. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, and she like goes back and gets Zeke. Yeah, and then takes off, and then we see her. She calls Frank, Frank Junior. Yeah, and say, why'd you do it? And he's like. Sincerely, I didn't do it. Yeah, he's like at the bar. Yeah, right? he's with buddies, and he's like, "Yeah, whoa, whoa. oh, did you change your mind? You gonna come go away with me?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, "Ooh, like, yeah, they should go away together, right? They need to go away now. Those they are two take peas a, in a pod, right they there. They could take Zeke out, like, <laughs> yeah. get the hell out. Yeah, and he's yeah, he's emphatically like, I had nothing to yeah. do with that. Yeah, and he's he's pleading with her. He had nothing to do with it. It was actually pretty good acting from oh, him yeah. because it was super believable, and we know he didn't as yeah. audience, but yeah. To convince Ruth in that emotional moment was fantastic. And yep. then that turns her to be like, there's only one other option who could do it. And it's the cartel. It's, it's Marty and Wendy. Marty and Wendy. Yeah. Shows up at the house. A wreck. Shotgun. Basically. Which is, she's quoting not- lines of the century. <laughs> let, let me say, this, the, the last 10 minutes of this episode, of this first part of the season is probably some of the best acting i mean she took over the whole scene yeah she walked into the room she's owning it right she's talking to frank jr she's talking to marty wendy she's out of her mind and a lot of it is is not even when she's talking yeah when she's driving you see her face yeah it's just it's just amazing yeah go ahead yeah go. and so she's yeah she's she's you know threatening marty and wendy she wants to know what the hell's going on and i think that's when when jonah comes in right yeah. And Jonah spills the beans. Oh, it's great. It's like, what did he He said, who did, who the fuck did it? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I can't say the other words that she said, but she's like, her voice yeah. is just ripped apart. Yeah. She's so angry. Yeah. And she thinks they did it, which in, in a roundabout way, they did it. They're responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> and, their organization. Yeah. yeah. And so, like you said, Jonah comes in and is like, I know who did it. Screw, screw Sangra Sototo or whatever. Yep. Uh, it was Javier, whatever his last name is. Yeah. And 
Ruth takes off. Well, they they tell her, look. Oh yeah. Javi's yeah. working for the feds. Yeah. He's he's taken over for Omar. He's working for the feds. He's untouchable, just like she was supposed to be. Ooh. And that's when Ruth dials it up and basically rips off of the screen. I mean, just watching it, just hearing her yeah. hit the the peak of her scream. Yeah. She says, well, then you're going to have to fucking kill me. Yeah. And she just loses you it. fucking see you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Like She, she goes full on losing her mind. And just the, the moments in the show, her emotions are capturing anger and rage and fear and all of this stuff. And I think there are moments in the show that capture that. And this is probably one of the best ones. And, I mean, even after, like, when she's driving away, yeah, and with the baby in the truck, with the baby, yeah, in the truck, the emotion she shows, her screaming. I mean, you can't hear anything because it's just music, yeah. But you see her face screaming. But also, you see kind of like some in my mind the way I saw it, something kind of settled over her, mm. and I'm thinking when we start next season. Is she going to be going after Javi? Mm-hmm. Or is she going to see Frank Jr.? Mm. Is she running? Mm. Does she know, like, if I stay, I'm going to be killed? Marty said I was untouchable. Now he's saying they're saying Javi's untouchable. What am I? Is Javi going to kill me? Because also, Javi was told, oh, the... Uh, by Claire Shaw that oh I got the I got the heroin from or they got the heroin from Ruthie or from Marty's old business curly blonde yeah. tiny girl yeah doesn't say the name but Javi knows I think would know who that is so yeah. I'm just wondering you know it's so it's such a good way to end as she's yeah. driving off and you see her face and you know it's full like you said full of rage full of hate full of emotions but then does she does something settle over like okay she's clever she's smart yeah now she's starting to think i have to think immediately or are we gonna come back in the second part and the rage is there and she's going after hobby it's it's gonna be an interesting way for them to go into it but i'm really looking you know the show has those moments of terror and fear and anger and rage and sadness and this was one of them yeah and i I like to think back to other examples like ben's last scene in season three yeah wendy left him at the diner and he walks out and it's just like you're like oh yeah this dude is dead like where where's my sis where's oh she left me here and then and then nelson walks up right and it's like oh this poor bastard and then uh uh when and i the other scene that it made me think of, it was in the trailer for the very first season. Yeah. It was when Wendy's lover was thrown off of his high rise and Marty's walking up and that body just yeah. right in front of him. And it's just, Marty's like, oh shit. Yeah. And he just turns around and walks off. Those moments in that sh- in the show yeah. are so pivotal. pivotal yeah. And I think this was one of them. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, so that's, we covered everything. So I, you know, what's, some final thoughts. I think it was interesting with just going back episode six title, Sangre Sobro Toro, mm-hmm. Blood Over Everything. It's really not true. 
no. and this season. And I think, you know, just my notes here, Jonah chooses Ruth over his family. Navarro chooses FBI over Javi and other family. And no, not his kids, but other family. Yep. Wendy chooses power over family, power and control. Wyatt chooses Darlene over Ruth. And I think, you know, that choice gets Wyatt killed. FBI, or Navarro is choosing FBI as consequences for him. We'll see what happens with Jonah choosing Ruth and Wendy choosing power. But I think we see a lot of choices yep. where people abandon their blood for various reasons. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, we do have, you do have a lot of evidence on family, you know, Charlotte and sticking with the family, who, especially Charlotte early on. Mm-hmm. Bought a hippie van and didn't want anything to do with the business. Was going to run. Was gonna, yeah. yeah. And then now is Jonah's going through that rebellious kind of stage. Yep. I think Jonah has a little more reasoning behind it because. Yeah, a little more justification. Mom is trying to put him in prison <laughs> and uh, killed, killed his, his favorite, favorite uncle. Yeah. yeah. I mean. He's just the one getting the shaft on all of this. Yeah. yeah. And I think. Now, who did we have die in this season so far? We had Darlene Wyatt, the driver, Frank Sr. Frank Sr., yeah. Did I miss anybody? I th- oh, the sheriff. The sheriff. Yep. We have almost a one-to-one ratio of a DPE, death per episode. Yeah, just about, yeah. And we have five, a couple of FBI agents in the explosion, but they're not you know, main yeah. characters. But yeah, it's just pretty much, pretty much one death per episode. And some serious players, you know, get killed off in this season that we yeah. won't see in the second part. I mean, Darlene has stuck yeah. around yeah. for the whole time. And now, I mean, she's going to have been killed multiple times. Yeah. What are what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I think <laughs> blood over everything is not everything. It's about staying alive. And at the yeah. end, when, it, when push comes to shove, it's going to be about survival. And, you know, is Ruth going to go out looking for blood? Or is she just going to be like, he's untouchable? Not that she's going to give up that easy, but yeah. it's life or death. I think she knows that if she goes after Javi, if she tries to retaliate in any way, yeah. she's probably going to die anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So do you risk that and Zeke? Yeah. Or do you just say, I'm taking three and I'm getting the hell out of here? So I think blood over everything until your life is on the line. Yeah. And that's Sur- when, you survival know, instinct, right? Omar knew Javi was coming for him. It's not blow over everything. Yeah. I'm gonna burn his ass anyway. Yeah. So I don't I think at the end of the day, it ain't about that. Oh, good point. Where what do you what are some of your predictions for part two coming, I think, in May? Um, who do you think who do you think's gonna survive and who do you think's gonna end up dead? I think the people that are gonna survive is gonna be I think I have several theories in my head, but I think I think Marty and Wendy survive, and Omar. Ooh. But Wendy's with Omar. She and Marty are separated, and Marty's washing money or doing whatever. Maybe working for the feds, right? Yeah. But Wendy is somehow connected to Omar in much more of a relationship. The kids are just off doing their own thing. And I think (laughs) either, I think Ruth and Javi are probably both dead. And I think everybody else probably lives. Ah, interesting. What do you we think? are we are have some of the same mindset but different people. Yeah. So I have 
the birds think they're going to Chicago, but I think they end up staying in Ozark Ooh. in the second yeah. half for some reason. I don't know if you go back to that first scene where they have the car crashes or leaving. Yeah. Was that a premonition? Is that how we're going to start mm. the second Ooh. half of the season and be like with the car accident and then they end up in the hospital or they end up does something it, happens, right? Yeah. Does it open and, with them like crawling out of the wreckage? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good point. So yeah. I'm just curious about that. And then I think... Um, I think Wendy ends up dead. Ooh. I think Wendy and Navarro end up dead. Yeah. I think Marty ends up working for the FBI yep. on the some laundering scheme. And I think Jonah and Charlotte are either in like a WITSEC or they run and they they survive on their own, change their names, do all that kind of Jonah's smart. He'll he's got tons of money and all these offshore accounts they've been watching, he's gonna he's gonna cash out. Yeah. <laughs> gonna run. Marty's yeah. working for the feds. Jonah is running wash it money for Ruth and Frank Jr. Yeah. For the KC mob. And now Marty is trying to catch his own son. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he then Marty is so caught in the conundrum with <laughs> J- that he just goes and jumps off a building. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I also think I think Ruth survives and runs away with Zeke mm. and Frank Jr. and gets protection from the Kansas City mob. I could be off on that, but I think with Ruthie and that organization and her and Frank can raise Zeke as a family because they're, they kind of been hitting a, a connection yeah. between them two. That could be a possibility. I don't know what happens to three. Maybe they forget yeah. that he exists yeah. like I did for a few seasons. I bet basically. he doesn't see a single minute of screen time in part two. <laughs> he's still he's still in a suit like after the wedding and go, What what happened? He's on to his next relationship. It's next summer. They jump ahead, it's already They jump yeah. ahead. Three's yeah. on a boat with like a bunch of chicks like drinking. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think and I, but I think then I I don't I didn't even think of what happens to Javi. I mean it would make sense. I think your thing probably makes more sense with we end up with something happens with Javi and Navarro get stuck leading the cartel or does Navarro get his kids out and then he ends up getting off by his own people. They found out the FBI does Miller start leaking to the organization mm. that Navarro has been working with them. There's a lot. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. I still don't know what Mel. I still I, yeah. I have no inkling what Mel could be I doing. I have no idea what his role beyond part one is. But, yeah, I've got a theory that, you know, Omar gets shanked in prison by one of Javi's guys. You know, Javi orders his hit. Omar's dead in prison, right? Yeah, does, he doesn't last 48 does Navarro, hours. Does Omar get out of prison? Does yeah. he last for 48 hours? So I've got an, I've got one more theory yeah, before we yeah. move on, but I ha- I have a theory that Jonah and Ruth end up together raising Zeke under the protection of the Kansas City mob, and it's basically Marty and Wendy part two, just another version of Marty and Wendy. Ooh, Ruth I like is that. ruthless, but Jonah is like meticulous and all of this. You know, it, their personalities are somewhat mirroring. Or I could, I could see those two ending up. Together. I don't think Charlotte will separate because she said that like she'll they'll they'll be fine yeah and i think i think maybe charlotte you know charlotte and jonah go under that protection and Mm. then um so maybe maybe charlotte and jonah run it 
I don't think Charlotte would be as ruthless as, as her mom. Yeah. Or they don't run it, but maybe Charlotte's there, Ruth is there, they're all taking care of yeah, Zeke. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, though, as Frank Jr. want that life of the, no. like his dad. No. So, no. But then but, hey, Wendy, I mean, uh, Ruth could do it. Ruth and Jonah had a, had that moment when they when yeah. he would crack that beer. They had a weird moment. And I was like, I could yeah, see those I two. I thought that he was going to try to kiss her or something, yeah. like in his awkward teenage ways. But I don't yeah. think he even thinks like that. But, yeah, it was... Did Marty think like that? He's just so... Bata- I don't know. He just, yeah, I don't that's, think so that's either. A, that's yeah. a rabbit hole, but yeah. So we have a lot of thoughts. We can't... I I think that's it for me. I've got nothing else. There's so many things that we could predict here. You got any final, final, final thoughts? No, I, th- I think... Well, I, final, final thought, part two. I'm really looking forward to how it goes down. Yeah. I still think Sam is going to blow this whole thing up. The, the, used to run the Lickety Splits, now runs the Lazy O. I still think he's going to spill the beans. He's going to screw up somehow. He's going to get them all busted. Yeah. That's just a. He's going to go. Yeah. He's going to go like he's got to go like do his taxes. So he goes and borrows <laughs> yeah. Jonah's computer and like yeah. somehow cracks his password. And yeah, like, oh, what's these all these accounts? And Mel's yeah. going to walk in and go, oh, we got a money laundering operation. Yeah. And like call Agent Miller. And then. And then yeah. Sam goes into witness protection, and you never see him. Yeah, <laughs> he's next door neighbors with Henry Hill in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's a one big universe. It's a good Goodfellas yeah. universe. It's a Goodfellas universe. Yeah. Now that that was my takeaways. I, I think it was a great first part uh, to the finale season. Really can't wait for part two in May. Yeah, exactly. Um, great season. Ozark, such a great show. Yeah. It's been our pleasure to talk about it with you guys. Hopefully, you learned something. Hopefully we help offer some insight and well we have some other things coming up next week we're gonna take a break from our normal as we figure out what show we're gonna go next now that we've wrapped up ozark lots of until may got lots of choices we've been watching pre-watching some shows to to try to decide but for next week we're gonna change it up a little bit we're gonna do a episode five we're gonna talk uh, about parks and rec we're gonna do some things there so we hope you subscribe follow us uh on instagram at can we kick it pod uh follow us at uh, our website kickingitmedia.com and like us on spotify and subscribe yeah uh thanks for listening and we will see you next week peace, peace. this episode of can we kick it was brought to you by USA Ninja Challenge Webster. Visit their website today at www.ninjawebster.com for more details.